It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, your host. Joining me today is uh, Jerry Hamilton. Uh, If you enjoy On Texas Football, please remember to hit the like and subscribe button uh, to this video channel and help Jerry and myself and others out as we try to make this uh, podcast uh, slash video cast more uh, popular. Jerry, welcome in. Welcome back to home from uh, Orlando this past week. Yeah, it was uh, an interesting, really hot week down there in Orlando, which is great for the kids. And now tomorrow morning I go to San Antonio, not so hot. (laughs) (laughs) And the cold front has moved in officially. Yeah, right. yeah, I think tomorrow is going to be a chilly practice. The first practice is uh, one's in the Alamo Dome, one's at Trinity University. I'm going to be at Trinity University. Then they flip flop. But I think tomorrow's the first day, the only day it's going to be kind of chilly, chilly for most of the practice. It's a unique time down there on the Riverwalk. They people that everybody from Texas knows about the Riverwalk, et cetera, in San Antonio. What they don't realize is that once a year they empty the Riverwalk to clean it up. And it's always that time of year. So the, the river walk itself this time of year has a unique smell. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> That'll be great for the college coaches convention the following week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get my point, though. It's every. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there will be chairs in the river walk after the college coaches convention because that can get a little rowdy at times. Hey, speaking of this, you and I, I watched the, the Under Armour All-American game uh, yesterday. Uh, I know you were down there at, uh, for the for the event all week of practices uh, back uh, and, and watched the game as well. Let, let's I, I wrote an article this morning about what I thought about the players, and I want to get your take on on some of that uh, and, and see what you really came out in in the end about all of these players after watching the practices and after watching the game. So let's let's start with the guy I thought had the best game. Not saying he had the best practices. I don't know. I wasn't there. And that's Kelvin Banks. I thought he was tremendous in the game. Gave up one sack on a guy on only on a situation where a guy jumped a count. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, he was terrific in the run game. He's terrific in pass pro. Uh, he was he was just dominant. Yeah, Bobby, I think it was just a carryover from the senior season for him. You know, the one the main thing, my biggest takeaway from Kelvin Banks junior to senior year was he took his physicality on contact up about three notches in the run game. And I think at these, as you know, Bobby, these all-star games, that those practice settings don't show the run game ability by offensive linemen. It's more one-on-ones, you know, where a D lineman has an advantage, right? There's no two-way play there. Um, and my, early on in the week, Kelvin struggled, and he would tell you he struggled because he volunteered to play right tackle. Everybody that comes down there plays left tackle for their high school, right? Nobody wants to jump over the right tackle. There were three possibilities. He was the only one that said, I'll do it. So what that did was, I think it's going to end up being a great learning experience for him, but he had never played right tackle. And he was not comfortable. You could tell playing right tackle the first three practices. Uh, But I think you knew when the game time came around and his ability to be physical, show that quickness in the run game and in pass pro, uh, I, he was he's everything you thought he would be. I mean, the guy's a five star prospect. 
Uh, and I think the scariest thing about him is as quick as he is, um, you know, as physical as he is, he can get a lot stronger. He's not one of those kids that's coming out of high school and you just like look, say, wow, look at this guy physically. That's not to say he looks bad, but he's he's going to get a lot stronger. So I don't even think he's close to being maxed out physically. Um, so when you all the things you wrote this morning, I, I agree with, um, you know, and, and I just I think he's a guy because of his contact physicality. He's going to push for a starting job very early at Texas. If he was an early enrollee, I'd, I'd go ahead and jump out there that he was going to start game one. I think he's that level player. Yeah, I, I thought he was. Look, um, there's two ways to look at these all-star games. You can look at them as how good they're going to be. You can just see a, a, a ball of clay that can be right. molded, that is talented as, as all get out. There were players like that uh, that right. I watched yesterday. Uh, there are others that are already there a little bit. Right. He's almost there, Jerry. Yeah. Um, yeah. And everything he does translates. Yes. And this is something that that uh, you and I have talked about before. There are things that, you know, run a running back that runs over people in high school. That's not always going to translate in college. Right. right. Uh, a running back that runs away from everybody in high school. That's not always going to translate in college. Offensive linemen that are um, overpowering in high school. That doesn't necessarily translate in college because they're going to yep. be. Um, but the things he had, the length, the quickness. Uh, the strength that was almost a reactive strength as well right. as an initial punt, all of that translates. The only negative I saw, and I mentioned this, is he's still a little shallow in his pass protection. Yeah. Um, it, but but that's with every, I think that's with every single kid on that roster. Right. Because um, yeah. they've never and, been challenged that way. And they've never been challenged. And I think in the high school level, so much is a quick game, right? It's not much of, it's not the traditional pass sets. Yep. That is going to be required in Sarkeesian system, right? It's more yep. of an NFL pro style system. And so you're right. That's the adjustment he's going to have to make. But if this week was any indication, he was, I would say his first practice was not real good because he'd never played right tackle. I think putting his right hand on the ground seriously messed with him <laughs> a little bit. I mean, look, Andrew Whitworth, there was Andrew Whitworth had a line. He was an all pro. He couldn't play right tackle. He could only play left tackle. He said, something about my right hand on the ground, it just throws me off. And it looked like Kelvin was that way the first day, but he adapted pretty well and then had a tremendous game performance. So if that's any indication of how quick he's going to pick things up, that's a good sign for Texas. He's a special dude. I mean, yeah. I, 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 it's, you know, you never know what's going to happen. Injuries right. can happen. Uh, Off-field stuff that we're unaware of. All these things can contribute. But my goodness, what a, what a what a talent and already starting look, to get there. Look, we can say it now that he's that he that he's signed. Uh, but um, somebody at Summer Creek told me that you know Alabama when they called said he's our number one offensive tackle on the board. They tried to get him to wait until February to sign. So maybe that says something. Maybe it doesn't. I think yeah. it does. <laughs> yeah, it, it sounds a little bit like Nick posturing, but. You know, imagine imagine that then one of the game's best recruiters actually posturing. I mean, who would ever think of it? All right, uh, let's move on. Devon Campbell, uh, the young man from Arlington Bowie, uh, announces his decision not until February, but you've been uh, saying for quite a while now, I guess uh, since right after signing day, that Texas is a big leader here. Um, what did you see from Campbell that you thought set him apart or things he needed to work on, that sort of stuff? 
Yeah, I, I think what sets him apart is uh, he's just a really fast twitch, quick reactive athlete. Uh, and that's feet and body, right? Sometimes it's not both. It's feet and body with him. It's hands. He's got fast hands. He's got strong hands. He's got basketball hands, right? I mean, that's what he has in basketball feet. And I told him that, and I kind of said that in the preview of the week, and I told uh, Devon that this week, I said, dude, guys who traditionally kick butt in this game at the offensive line are guys who play basketball because they're in, the be- they're in better shape than the guys who season in the two months ago and have been out taking visits and eating a lot of food on in-home visits and all that. Uh, and so Campbell came in in excellent shape. I think he was down about 15 pounds because he's playing basketball. And I think just think it showed, but he's such a physical guy. You know, you talk uh, the offensive line coach for uh, the Under Armour team legends uh, works with a bunch of NFL guys. And he was extremely impressed with Campbell, just the way he attacked every rep, the way he attacked every man that he went against, the way he would come back and say, is that right or is that wrong? I mean, so he's showing all those signs. I think we've everybody's kind of hit on. I know Charles Power, myself, I think you've hit on it as well. You know, he's he's an interesting prospect because I think if this sounds crazy for a five to say about a five star prospect, but I think the player may be better than the prospect in some ways because he's six, two and three quarters. Probably he's probably he's now he's got a 80 inch wingspan, but he's so broad in the shoulders. I think his arm length may be 33 inches. So he doesn't fit the prototype size wise but he fits the prototype play-wise. So it'll be interesting to see in four years where that takes him. But from a University of Texas perspective, they, have, they don't have athletes like this on the offensive line if he goes. Uh, so I did, not, I did not write this today, but perhaps I should have. I counted nine consecutive plays, nine consecutive plays where Devon Campbell, of the offensive lineman on his team, was the first one out of his stance after the snap. Yep. Without question, first in pass pro, first moving, first, you know, if so when you talk about reactive quickness or quick twitch, yep. he is, I mean, that's against, that's with really, really good players. Right. Um, and it was noticeable. And I yeah. was like, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, one of the things I said that Texas has had for the last 10 years, uh, they've had some short armed guards, some guys that didn't necessarily move well laterally. And I immediately was like, okay, this is a guy that can handle twists. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying he's going to be perfect at it. He's going to blow some, but laterally he will not get beat rudely on twists with regularity. He just, hey, the best, co- almost sometimes Bobby, the best compliment you can give an offensive lineman is you actually could be a defensive lineman at the power five level. And yeah. he's one of those guys that could be. Yeah. He's quick. I mean, he's quick. I, I thought he was a for sure future starter for Texas. No doubt. Possible NFL guy down the road as well. Um, no Neto Umiozulu, um, I I did not – he was a little different in that he played left tackle in the game. Um, and so he uh, he had some moments of real – I thought really, really good play. And then other moments, particularly in the run game, where he looked a little lost, where he's out chasing the linebackers and it just – it didn't happen for him because he's not used to that speed at linebacker. Yeah, and, and I will say this, you know, he started the game at left guard, and then he moved out to left tackle because P.J. Williams, the AM signing, was really struggling. P.J. is a kid who's 6'4 and a quarter, 255 pounds, and really he's a guy that you look at long-term, right? So he was going to struggle 
with the physicality, the speed, the power in this game, which he did. And so I think they slid Neto out the left tackle. And, and I think that's the toughest thing in these games. And that's why the Tyler Booker kid going to Alabama was just off the charts from me. He actually worked at three positions and kicked everybody's butt at three positions and practice with, but Neto worked at left guard and left tackle during practices. And, and he looked tremendous at left guard in the run game. I, the one thing I noticed with him in pass uh, in pass pro a little bit was, and he says he straightens his outside leg, which I think there's some truth in that. I think that causes you to bend at the waist a little bit. Right. And that puts him in a bad position. And I think you saw that on a couple occasions. So he's going to have to work on not straightening that outside leg. And, um, and keeping that flexion. But I think overall, what I saw from a practice standpoint is his, he has natural punch power. And, and the thing that's the thing, and he's physical, right? He wanted to go against Walter Nolan. You know, he's not a kid that says a lot, so you don't always know. But if you watch the senior tape, he's the most physical lineman on the field on either side of the ball. And he wanted to go against Walter Nolan. He wanted to go against Bear Alexander. And so he wanted to answer that call physically. And he did it even in the first practice that didn't have pads. He was physical out there on contact. So I, one of the things I've said I love about the Texas offensive line class, and I know you, is they're physical kids. I mean, it's a natural physicality about Kelvin Banks, about Neto, about a Connor Robertson. Um, if they get Devon Campbell, which I think they will, another guy that's just a physical kid on contact. So I think they've got a lot of that going for him. The question with Neto is, you know, where's he going to – I think he begins his career guard and maybe cross trains and see how he does as a right tackle. Yeah. I, I don't think left tackle. I think Kelvin Banks is the left tackle. couple things. One is you – there are times in these games, as you know, you look at the players on it and you say, mm, maybe not going to be a player. Right. Maybe not as good as, as expected. All three of those guys met or surpassed ex expectations for me. Given they're all top 100 prospects – that, that speaks volumes, I think. So yeah. the, the offensive line class is legit. Those three are legit. are legit dudes. All right. The second thing is you mentioned physicality, and that is a perfect segue into Justice <laughs> Finkley. Um, and so my question there is, he is just, there's a, there's a, I want to say this, there's a difference between physicality and playing heavy. He plays heavy. He yeah. is heavy handed. He is, Difficult to un, to move. He he just looked. He a lot of things. He he doesn't look like a five star player. I mean, our prospect because he's not six five with right. an eighty three inch wingspan running right. a four right. four. You know, he's right. not that. But he is a productive, hard nosed player that is not easy to move and provides some push in the pass rush. Yeah, I think I, my biggest takeaway when I was at, saw him at Alabama, Mississippi, and, and Alabama wasn't as physical that week in practice when I was there as Team Mississippi and as an Under Armour. But my takeaway is, is programs that have struggled on the field need guys like this. I think he's a day-to-day -day player. I, I mean, take away, take away what you saw on the field. He's a day-to-day -day player in a program. And, and I think that physicality, that physical mindset – you can tell by the way he plays how hard he's going to work in the weight room. There, You can't play that way and take days off in the weight room. Those guys don't really exist, man. I mean, you know, they might in basketball, but they don't in football. So uh, he's going to bring it day to day, and he's going to make your team better. He's going to push those guys. 
he is not scared to say he's going to push those guys. And I think besides what you saw in the field, I think that's what I like about him best. He's an interesting prospect to me uh, because he's a guy in our business we can easily miss on, right? Um, he's, I don't think he's going to be an elite edge rusher necessarily, but I think his value could be he's going to, he, he's going to set the edge on first and second down and you can spin the guy down on third down. I think yeah, he's they got did that. They did that a little bit late in that game. Yeah, they pushed yeah, him inside. And, yeah, and 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 it's funny on inside Texas, one of the guys that the members at Postal goes by Fuddy pointed that out, and I said I totally agree with you. I, I that's kind of what uh, I think he can do because the one thing about him when you see him in person, he's six one and a half, probably two fifty five, two sixty, but he's got a really thick lower body, and he's got a. He's going to be have a barrel chest in. He's going to add more weight. So it's going to be hard unless he's some super clean eater, not the way 270, 275. So how is he going to fit into a scheme and how can they use him? I think that's going to be maybe his greatest strength is one is, he, like you said, he, he's a physical kid. He plays strong. And two, you're going to be able to move him around in a defense and get the most out of him and let him maximize his ability. I wrote it this morning on Inside Texas, and I truly believe it. He's built like a tree trunk. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's straight all the way, right. you know, um, I thought he was and, and, by, by, and by the way, he's not a short arm guy. I want that. I want people to know that just because he's six, one and a half, that doesn't mean we're not talking a 74 inch wingspan. He's got a 77 inch wingspan. So he's got, enough, what, he's got he enough that, Hey Jerry, when he gets that arm extended and into the chest plate, yep. he moves people. And, he, uh -huh. and he's doing so with leverage. Yes. And so he uncoils. Uh, I saw him one time against Kelvin Banks at practice. Uh, he uncoiled and actually lifted Kelvin a couple inches off the ground. And I, as Kelvin was adjusting to playing right tackle, he's a spit yeah. off the snap. But he actually lifted him off the ground. He uncoiled on him with that long arm. So I, I, I think that that's a future starter for Texas, too, potentially. I mean, I, I think he's just going to play the run well enough and provide just enough pass rush. He'll be that strong side defensive end type. And he's an early enrollee. Yeah. So he's got a chance to impact the team. All right. All right. Uh, two guys that you didn't see as much of, or I didn't see as much of because of the game itself, uh, BJ Allen, safety out of Alito. Um, I saw him make one play all day, and that was on a pass breakup uh, along the sideline. And I think that that reasoning really more than anything is they didn't really test the safeties in this game. They went after the corners, man. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, because of the dudes they had. Right. And – frankly, because the pass rush could get home so quick. That's it. And, and so uh, they didn't really test the safeties much. Uh, what did you see about him during the week and maybe even in the game uh, that I didn't? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I'm with you on the game. I, I didn't see anything different. Um, you know, I think throughout the week, uh, the biggest thing I look, I asked the coaches, you know, the safeties, I, I've learned over the years, whether I was doing the TV or just covering the game, ask the coaches of the safeties of the linebackers because they're not going to show as much in the practice setting. And uh, the takeaway uh, from the team, I guess he was icons, uh, secondary coaches were, 
that uh, Brian Allen, he has a feel. He understands um, how to play over the top. He understands how to keep people in front of him. Um, he has the eyes. That's a question I have. And I'm, and I'm, it's not, it's not my line. I heard once heard Herm Edwards talk about the eyes of the safety in a team meeting at the Under Armour when he was coaching in the game. And ever since then, look, I've been asking the question every year I go in there. Um, and, and the answer was that BJ Allen showed that he has the eyes for the position and he's seeing things uh, in front of him. So I, I, I'm like you, you didn't get a chance to really see that in the game. Uh, and I would be throwing outside too. I'd be throwing verticals. I'd be throwing quick game because the D line in that game was just going to, it was going to put you on the ground. No doubt. Um, Jerome Bledsoe yeah. uh, played a little, right? Um, what did you see from him throughout the, I didn't see much of him in the game. What did you see from him throughout the week of practice and perhaps in the game too? Yeah, he missed the first practice. Um, he was a small town, big city, uh, big world guy. He didn't have an ID to get on the plane. <laughs> so they had to get they had to get him an ID. So he missed the first practice. So he came in. And, and here's the thing with Dre. And his talent is off the charts. Just talking physical gifts is off the charts. Um, and one of our coworkers at On3, Luke Stampini, sent a text. Uh, Dre was stretching. He was sitting on his feet with his butt touching the ground, just like in a sitting position. And then he just like popped straight up. And, and Luke sent a text to Charles Power. And I, and I was like, yeah, that's that's Jure Bledsoe if you've ever been around him. I watched the guy dunk a basketball every which way when I first went to Bream on the scene before he went back to Marlin. But he was he's a flash player. Look, his first three or four plays in one-on-ones, in -on he won just because I think he it was so sudden that it took Emory Jones going to LSU a couple of reps to realize, okay, I've got to I got to move my feet a little quicker against this guy. After people settled in against him, he has no he has no pass rush moves right now, right? He yeah, he has no counter. No, he has no counter, and his hands were outside the shoulders. Okay, so he was grabbing the opposite of Finkley. He wasn't taking his arm and putting it into the breastbone of guys and, and creating leverage and wins outside of just initial quickness. So um, he's going to, he's a, like you said, it's clay for Bo Davis to mold. And the key with this is he hasn't been total. He's not totally done as an early enrollee. It looks good. They should find out this week. Texas should getting him in early. I think is huge because he missed his whole senior year and he has no, understanding of how to use his hands, even how to use his athleticism to his advantage. It's totally just like out there. He's just out there playing street ball, essentially. And he's going to have to go from street ball to football player. Um, but I, the one thing I'll say about the kid is I think Bo Davis will be able to coach him and he's going to take it. Um, and, and I think football it, it, it is going to mean something to him and his family. And, and I, and I think that matters. Yeah, I, I think your your point about that that's a good point. But the other point that you're mentioning is he needs to get back in that regimented that's right thing that, where he's working. He's been a year out. Um, he hasn't. He's not going to have spring ball this year if he stays in high school, right. or and he can't participate in track and field either. Right. So he's not in a regimen outside of what he's doing on his own. Um, and, and, and Bobby, that, I actually that, thought he came in in good shape. Well, that made relatively that made, speaking. That made what he did, the way he looked physically unbelievable to me because, you know, he hasn't been doing anything, no football, no basketball, right? And, and it's not like you're you're in small town Marlin. It's not like you're going to 24-hour fitness and working with a trainer, right, in Houston or Dallas, okay? So he's just naturally out there. 
being a natural athlete. And the best way I've ever described him is he looks like the guys physically that Alabama plays with. And now we'll see where he goes as a player because that's the way he – in Georgia, that's the way he is athletically and physically. Right. Uh, three guys I wanted to ask you about that were in the game. Two of them committed elsewhere, Omari Abor and Harold Perkins. Both of them are saying they are still taking visits and looking around in, in January. So Abor committed to, to Ohio State. Perkins, one of a number of players in the game that he committed to AM. Uh, and then also I want to ask you about Jacoby Matthews. Uh, I want you to just, you know, go with those three and tell me what you know and, and what you're thinking yeah. on those three. Yeah, you know, Abor is a guy coming into the week that he didn't have great film as a senior. You know, he had a foot injury, had surgery. After his junior year, I think that may have slowed him down, his progression a little bit, but still is more up and down. I, I think it's still a guy you say, okay, this, this is the motor going to always run. Uh, Nathan O'Neill was a defensive line coach for uh, Team Legends, and he works with a lot of guys in the NFL, a lot of draft guys. He absolutely loves Abor from his side of things because he said, I could make this guy really, really good. He's got He's really talented. He's a heavy-handed kid. He's got that reactive quickness and that twitch. Maybe he didn't show it all the time in games, but he he, he showed it enough for a guy like Nathan O'Neill to say, yeah, I could build this guy into something really good. He, he could be a draft pick one day. He's got that skill level uh, and he's got that talent level. And he was a physical kid. I think the big thing with him that Nathan O'Neill liked was on contact, his head and eyes did not drop. He kept his head up and his eyes up. And half those kids, when they get into that setting on contact, it's amazing how many of them, their head and their eyes drop and they have to get them out of that habit. Um, and he does not, he said, that's a kid you don't have to get out of that habit. And so that's a really good starting place when you have that type of talent. Harold Perkins, you know, look, he's a jack of all trades. I mean, they had a running back injury. Katron Allen, who's really, really good, by the way, going to Penn State, was out for a couple of practices. So what happens? Harold Perkins jumps in at running back. And, and I think that's why he's such an interesting prospect, because he's never really taken time to develop at linebacker. Even in a week of an all-star game, he spends more time at running back out of need. And credit to him. He could have said, no, I don't want to do it. I'm just going to play linebacker. But that's not him. He, he likes the ball. He likes, he, you know, he just loves to play. Um, so he, he's kind of a mold of, He's kind of a clay to be molded right now, too. You know, he's an unbelievable athlete. He even played free safety against Bridgeland in high school this year. Unbelievable athlete. I think, you know, everybody has things. Like we talked about Devon Campbell not having ideal arm length, right, or ideal height. Perkins does not have great arm length for a linebacker. And I do think it's really important. Athleticism, he's as good as you'll ever see. Yeah. I, question, e either of those have any remote shot at ending at Texas? I know Abor says he still might visit. Yeah, I, I think Abor may visit. Um, you know, I, I wake me up when he doesn't sign with Ohio State. I know he was having second thoughts, um, but, uh, you know, I think the uh, I think the dad signed off on Ohio State. And I think that's kind of big um, right now. So we'll see if that changes. Um, Harold Perkins. I mean, that's a complete wild card. I I wake me up if he doesn't sign with AM. I know he may go visit Florida. He may take a fun trip to Miami. I mean, but what are the odds that he's committed to AM and doesn't end up back on campus in College Days before February 2nd? Fair so enough. I think they'll get one of those take, even though it'll be unofficial, I think they'll wipe out somebody trying to get a chance at it. Uh, the last guy, Jacoby Matthews, Bobby, I he's the best safety in the country. I, I don't even think prospect. I don't think there's any doubt. Like, he, I went to Ponchatoula, talked to Hank Tierney. He said he's the best best athlete I've coached. Not the fastest athlete, but the best athlete. And I think once you, once you – and I watched him a little bit in the practice that day, but that's not really the deal. 
but you watch him in Under Armour where he has to react to things and he has to cover from hash to boundary. And it is so natural. It's so easy. But then the thing with him is he attacks the ball out of a break like a corner. I mean, he doesn't look like a safety when he sees the football. He looks like a corner or a big-time receiver when he sees the football. And so you take a guy that's 6'1", 195. He's not 205 anymore. Great length, tremendous ball skills and hands, really good basketball player, and has natural instinctive feel for safety. And watch out, man. I mean, he, he's a five-star safety. Prospect. Texas have a shooter's chance? Uh, you know, it, it's hard to say. I think I think Texas believes they have a chance there. And, and, and Terry Joseph has the connection with Hank Tierney, obviously played for Hank Tierney. And I think the fact that Mickey Joseph and Corey Raymond left LSU, Mickey Joseph played for Tierney, I think that gives people hope, right? But LSU is still going to be there. Frank Wilson's got more time because uh, Matthew's backed out of his announcement at the Under Armour game. He's just going to wait until February 2nd. That also gives Alabama time. That also gives Florida time. I mean, so – that also gives AM time again. They're trying, they were AM was the favorite. Then he went cold on them. Now they're contacting it. So th- him backing up to February 2nd is going to make he may be as coveted as anybody left, him and Shamar Stewart in the class, honestly, because he's he's like nothing else that's on the board at safety. So I think all those people are going to be going after him. Uh, it'll be interesting to see the last two weekends in January if he ends up on a campus somewhere. Uh, you know he'll take a visit to LSU, but will it be a midweek or will it be a weekend? So let's skip forward a little bit because this weekend, I don't, we don't need to belabor it, but the, the Army game, or yep. what used to be the USA, U.S. game down in San Antonio starts this week. Texas has uh, two commitments in that game or two signees, Jalen Gilbo out of Port Arthur and Jamon Tapp out of Donaldsonville, Louisiana, and then the potential of Larry Turner good uh, the safety uh, from uh, California is also participating in that game. Um, anything you want to add about that or when are you going so that you can actually tell people you'll have a report on Inside Texas? Yeah, yeah, I'm going uh, Tuesday, but I've got, from a national perspective, I've got West team practice. So um, I've got that practice, which is Larry Turner, Good and Ernest Green, which the offensive line, which we expect us to go to Georgia January 8th. Larry Turner, Good announces at the game on the 8th. That feels like Colorado or Texas um, really comes down to if, if Texas said, yes, we will take you in the class. Otherwise it was going to be, it's going to be Colorado, but the connection at Colorado just left to go to Oregon, Demetrius Martin. So if there was a letter signed, that could change. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Larry's an early enrollee. So he technically doesn't even have to sign. Um, but so I'll be watching that side a little bit. Um, Jamon Tapp and Gilbo obviously are on the East. Um, I think it's a huge week for, for Tapp because, he is one of them. He's right there with with Bledsoe, um, with Cameron Williams for me. He's one of those guys that's physically got a ton of talent in this class. I mean, he's one of those guys that could end up being a, a guy that says, oh, man, he should have been ranked in the top 50 in the country if he'll go maximize his talent. He's that talented. So this is an, a week for him coming from a small town, Ascension Catholic, to go out and prove it against some really good tackles. And if he comes, if, if he comes away as a big time edge rush prospect this week, that would be very good for the Texas program because we talked about Finkley, but they still need somebody to be an edge guy, an edge pass rush guy. And then Gilbo, you know, look, he's he's a corner nickel safety kid. I think it kind of is to be determined where he plays as far as his long speed, how that translates when he has, when he has to transition, flip, and then recover. 
Um, I think that's going to tell the story and where he plays, but he's a physical kid. Uh, he's a competitive kid, and I expect him to be happy. He has that chip on his shoulder about rankings, too. I expect him to have a productive week. So there's still some high school kids Texas is recruiting overall right now. But really, we've been monitoring the portal as yeah. much as anything lately. Uh, you spoke uh, with someone today uh, about a wide receiver that Texas is apparently bringing in for an official visit later this week. Uh, go ahead and tell folks about him. Yeah, the, uh, Wyoming transfer Isaiah Naylor. Uh, he is uh, he's going to USC Tuesday. Um, according to the person I talked to, is going to end up being in Austin uh, later half of the week, um, and then he'll go to Tennessee over the weekend. And right now, those are the three schools. Uh, Florida's trying to get in on him. Um, you know, he took a look at Baylor, but that's not going to happen. Uh, so right now, it looks like it's USC, Texas, Tennessee. Um, and, and we'll see which direction that one ends up going. Uh, I think it, you're just going to have to wait to the visits and see. You know, I think they all have opportunities for him to come in and be a player right away. And, look, he is the guy that's going to come in and make – he's going to be a player right away. Caught 44 balls for 900 yards. He's got great size. Uh, he's got great speed, and he can really sink his hips in and out of routes. And he's got good hands. I mean, I, this kid's going to play wherever he goes. And you know what's interesting, Bobby, about those guys is they're – they're the most important recruits on the board for, for Texas, USC, Tennessee. Um, it, they're more important than the top seniors in high school right now because they're impact players at programs that need them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see which direction he goes. Uh, you know, I think Tennessee early on may have done the best job recruiting him since he hit the portal. And they look like they get the last visit, and we'll have to see what happens. Um, interesting, right, because Texas just hired Brennan Marion. Yep. Uh, as its receivers coach. Um, Texas did not offer Keontae Mumpfield that committed to Pitt that uh, Texas we thought might Texas might get a, give an offer to. He's the, a receiver, freshman All-American from Akron. Texas also has not offered the UTEP receiver um, that is transferring out that we that was all CUSA, I think. Yeah. Um, and so uh, sounds like as of right now, this is the guy they're going after from a receiver perspective in the portal. Yeah, and, and I think I think that's absolutely where it's at. And then I think there has to be some patience with the portal because I think after spring practice, the, the I think the biggest mistake you could make right now is taking two receivers and then not having a spot for somebody after the spring because you and I both know the way this is headed. With all the coaching changes, everything that's going on, there's going to be more guys jump after spring practice, and it might be somebody really, really good. Um, so I think if you can get one guy now, and you can conceivably save one spot for after spring practice, that is the best place to be. Gotcha. Um, all right. Uh, there are other portal guys we need to talk about, but we'll save that for another time, I think. Uh, for uh, Jerry Hamilton, I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks for listening to On Texas Football. This has been our weekly recruiting show. Uh, remember, please sign up uh, for our, our uh, video channel uh, by hitting subscribe now. Also, uh, please consider a subscription to InsideTexas.com. Uh, Jerry, myself, Eric Nalin, uh, Justin Wells, Paul Wadlington, Hudson Stanish, Joe Cook, Ian Boyd. We're all there each and every day uh, trying to bring you the, the latest and greatest on Texas football recruiting, football as well as basketball. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you again soon. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.